Good morning and welcome as we come to worship God together. What a joy. Good to hear music in the church, even though we cannot sing along, but in our hearts we are dancing and we are praising God. As we come today, let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that we can call upon your name. And even if we do not call upon your name, we have that deep assurance that you are with us. And Lord, as we come today, we pray that we will open ourselves to meeting with you, not for our own benefit, but for the sake of your glory and to be filled with your spirit to go out and tell people about Jesus. For his sake and for his glory we pray. Amen. Our first reading is in Afrikaans and it's from Philippians 2 verses 1 to 13. As we read that scripture, we, we are reminded of the sacrifice that Christ made for us. And as we reflect upon that, we listen to our first worship song, I Worship You, Almighty God. Thank you. 
Today we come to hear the stories of other people in another world long ago. We come to hear the stories that are also about us today here in this place. We ask God to give us ears to listen, eyes to see, and hearts to accept. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and each other. We confess to you, Almighty God, before the whole company of heaven and to each other, that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed through our own fault. Have mercy on us for Jesus' sake. Forgive us all our sins and bring us to eternal life. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Amen. Our next reading is from Exodus 17, verses 1 to 7. Good morning, church. Thanks be to God.
The question that the Israelites asked at the end of that reading is, is the Lord really with us? Last week we focused on the complaining of the Israelites. And today I want us to ask this question, not only looking at it from a distance and looking at the Israelites and their, what they went through, however we can apply it to our own lives. But we are looking at it at a point where we are asking ourselves, what does this mean to us? Israel's actions at Massa and Meribah were actually something that we can say it's like a little child throwing a tantrum and testing God. Israel's lack of water was by divine design. God was testing them. They had no reason to doubt God's presence because of all the miracles that God had done for them previously. I mean, parting the sea, great miracle. The water that was bitter was sweet to drink afterwards, and now they are thirsty, yes. But what is the question here? Should they not have waited upon God until God moved in their circumstances? It was good for God to test the Israelites, for it revealed the sinful conditions of their hearts. It surfaced their willfulness and waywardness and revealed that God was always blessing them on the basis of not their works, but His grace. And God has every right to test us, but we do not always do well with tests. But His tests are always for our own good. Israel's demand that God prove his presence among them betrayed their lack of faith in him. The scriptures indicate that Israel's actions at Massa and Meribah betray hearts which are hardened and unbelieving. In Psalm 95 verse 8 we read, Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. They did not believe his promise. They grumbled and they asked the question, is the Lord really with us? When we demand that someone prove themselves to us, we clearly reveal a lack of trust in them. He who is untrustworthy, we are the ones, not God. Demanding that God prove himself to us betrays our lack of trust in him. We are the ones 
Faith trusts in God even when the result appears to be fatal, and that is harsh. But we need to remember that our time here on earth is temporary. And if it is fatal, we go to be with the Lord forever. Israel's actions at Massa and Meribah reveal also a lack of patience. And I know all of us, number one, have a lack of patience when it comes to waiting upon the Lord. We want things to happen now. God would not have allowed his people to die of thirst as they accused. Had they waited, he would have provided for them because he came through for them over and over and time and time again. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his counsel. We read this in Psalm 106. In the desert they gave in to their craving. In the wasteland they put God to test. So for us today, the treasure is that it is better to wait on God than to insist on things that we want now. Because very often when we look back, we can say, thank you, Lord, for not answering my prayer for a specific thing that I asked for, because we can see how God worked in our lives. Unbelief is often hasty. Faith is patient and it endures. So that's the one side of of where we can also see our behavior in the way that Israel behaved. But there's one bigger picture here. Massa and Meribah is a picture of God's presence and his power. The amazing thing about the incident at Massa and Meribah is that God graciously provided his grumbling people with water in abundance through the rock at Horeb. In spite of the great sin of the people in disputing with Moses and, and in putting God to the test, they were abundantly provided for. The water that God provided, they could not drink all of it. It came gushing out of the rock. And this symbol of the rock, Israel's rock in the Song of Moses, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. We read this in Deuteronomy 32. Psalm 95 begins, Come, let us sing for joy. To the Lord, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. But when we look at this picture of the rock, it also shows us forward to the rock of Christ, in whom we have our salvation. The rock of Massa and Meribah became the symbol of God's presence for Israel then. From this time onward, the rock becomes a frequently 
symbol of God's presence. And even to the point where Paul speaks about, in 1 Corinthians 10, he speaks about the rock of Christ. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. He's talking about the Israelites, but now he's talking about Christ, because he met with Christ in a powerful way. And so, Paul also introduces this spiritualizing of the rock using this term spiritual so that he can liken this experience of the Israelites to that of the Corinthians and also for us today. Both had their baptisms, Israel in the cloud and in the sea and unto Moses and in Corinthians in the baptismal waters and unto Christ today as we celebrate the communion as well. The Israelites got their spiritual food through the quail and the manna, and we are reminded of Christ's presence with us. And when we ask that question today, is the Lord really with us? We can be assured that yes, Christ is with us. And very often it is in his absence that he is the most powerful, but we need to trust. And so next week we're going to look at that assurance of how God is present in our lives. As we come to communion today, we are reminded that as we come, that Jesus Christ is risen. He stands among us as the living Lord and invites us to his holy table. It is his table and not ours, and he has prepared it for his disciples. And in his name, we are invited to this wonderful feast today. All who turn from their sins, trust him as their savior, and seek to live a new life in the power of his spirit and at peace with all their neighbors. So friends, listen to the gracious words with which he bids us to come to him and assures us of his welcome. Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Submit to my yoke and let me teach you for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table today, trusting not in any goodness of our own, but only in your great mercy. For we are unworthy to eat even the crumbs that fall from your table, but you have declared to us your grace and you have reminded us again today in the story of the Israelites and you have given us memories and reminded us even in our own lives of this grace that you declared to us. You have called us to your banquet 
So by your spirit, feed us now with your body and blood, that you may live in us and we in you forever. Amen. So following the example of our Lord and obeying his command, we do this to remember him. And we recall him and his death and resurrection in a way that God uses to unite him to us and to apply to us what he accomplished for us. And so, as the Lord Jesus, at the night of his arrest, took the bread and after supper took the cup, I now, from a distance, take this bread and wine to be consecrated from common use to this holy use and mystery. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As he then gave thanks to God, we also give thanks to God. Lord, we lift up our hearts to you. We give thanks to you, our Lord and our God, for it is right and you are worthy of thanks and praise. It is also our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give thanks and praise to you. Holy Father, Heavenly Ruler, Almighty and Eternal God, we thank you for commanding light to shine in the darkness, for stretching out the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth, for making all things through your word. We thank you for creating us in your image and for keeping us safe in your faithful love. Great and wonderful are the things you do, just and faithful are all your ways. And so in silence we each give our thanks now for particular blessings we have each received. So with all the hosts of heaven and the angels and archangels, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever worshipping you and proclaiming holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Glory be to you, Lord Most High. Lord, we thank you for revealing your purpose in the law and the prophets. We thank you for dealing patiently with our pride and disobedience. Above all, we thank and praise you, O God, for Jesus Christ, your Son, who was born of Mary and lived among us full of grace and truth, who died on the cross in obedience to you and was raised from the dead by your power to be the Lord of creation and head of the church, his body. We thank you that the Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, instituted this sacrament so that through our celebration of it, his death and resurrection might avail us. Therefore, we rejoice with all God's people and we proclaim, Our Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come in victory, come in glory, for already now you feast with us. Grant, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that the bread we break and the cup we share may be for us a means of grace, so that in receiving them we may all be made one with Christ and with one another as members of his one body. 
So may we remain faithful disciples of Jesus and sisters and brothers to one another until we come to feast with you in your kingdom. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. And now, Lord, make us worthy, that with joy and without presumption we may be so bold as to call upon you, God in heaven, as our Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let us not be led into temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. After he had taken the bread and given thanks to God, the Lord Jesus broke it. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, redeemer of the world, give us your peace. Amen. Then our Lord gave the bread he had broken to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread which we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed with my blood, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. The cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Hallelujah! Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Hallelujah! Take and eat. This is the body of Christ, which is given for you. Feed on him by faith, with thanksgiving in your hearts, which is the bread of life. This cup is the new covenant sealed by his blood. Drink from it, all of you. It is the cup of salvation. Because there is one loaf, we who are many form one body, for we all share the same bread. You have noticed that I have not touched the bread or the wine today. We're doing things differently. And so what I'm going to ask is that you come forward and you will see that the bread is spaced out enough so that you don't have to touch the bread next to it. You will see that the glasses are spaced out enough so that you don't have to touch the glass next to it. So I'm going to play our next worship song. Whenever you are ready to come forward, you take a bread and you take your wine and you can either go and be seated or you can just place it back onto the tray.
We will now take up the offering. Let us pray. 
Lord, in the dry wilderness of our lives, in the days of heat and thirst, you offer us living water. We thank and praise you for that. When we begin to doubt your presence and grumble that your love is unreliable, you offer us living water. Lord, we give thanks. When life's regrets and the bad choices we have made leave us feeling excluded and unworthy, you offer us living water. Lord, we thank you for that. When circumstances or the inhumanity of others have left us alone and wounded, you offer us living water. We thank you and we praise you, O God, that however we may thirst, whatever we may need to satisfy our souls, you offer it freely and abundantly in Christ. So we drink deep of the living water, and as we draw from your wells, we seek to pass the cup to others who, like us, are thirsty for your grace. Lord, let your living water flow over our souls. And as we offer our thanks and praise, we come and ask, Lord, that you will bless this offering today for the sake of your presence, not only with us, but that this presence will go wherever we go and that people will be drawn to Christ. Go in peace and may the Lord who gave water to his people in the wilderness pour out upon you the fullness of his blessings. Go in faith, and may your faith be grounded upon the rock which cannot move. Go in love, and may your love be as bountiful as the love which sustains you each and every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Greet people at the door. Please. No, like with the chicken.